Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, remember that uh, next Thursday uh, or starting next Wednesday uh, is the camp meeting in Ocala. If you're interested in going there, um, there will be many people that Probably won't be here uh, next week because they'll be in, at camp meeting. Uh, so if you can go, it's a great time to get away. If not, um, and we'll still have service here. Amen. Also, um, you know, the, this is, this is uh, hurricane season. And so they're talking about the storm out there that's brewing. And so, um, you know, if it, if it comes here, then Tuesday or Wednesday. So obviously we're, we're used to... Any storms, it's just another day down here in southwest Florida. But if you haven't stocked up on things, you don't want to wait till the last time, uh, the last minute to, to get anything. And so we just got to prepare uh, for anything. And also, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt you to buy extra stuff now because the way inflation's going, they'll be, it's going to be worth double in, that, in a couple months. So hold on to things. Um, and uh, we want to... Uh, we know that God's hand is on his people, right? Amen. So we have nothing to fear. Amen. God is in control. Amen. As we're saying, we'll go to the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, Matthew 6, 9 and verse 10. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I, these past four months... I got a feeling we may be skipping over these verses in our Bible because we've we've said them so many times. But uh, truthfully, this is going to be the last one. So we're going to finish up. We're going to run out of scripture. We're going to hit the end of the Revelation 22. There's nothing after that, and so that's uh, uh, that's where we're going to be tonight. So you may be seated tonight. Amen. And so we began this journey. With that simple prayer request that Jesus uh, asked his disciples, and then uh, and also asked us to pray, being his disciple, so that for thy kingdom to come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Little did we know that uh, seventeen parts later, four months later. That we finally got to the point where the kingdom of heaven has come to the earth. And that goes to show us that even a seemingly simple prayer request can take a while for it to be answered and for it to come to pass. Who would have thought, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How, how complex of a prayer that is, even though it seems so simple. Uh... The disciples of Jesus have been praying that prayer request for nearly 2,000 years, and it still has not been answered yet. The kingdom of heaven hasn't manifested itself yet on the earth. As we have seen, a lot of things have to happen. A lot of things have to be aligned in order for the kingdom of heaven to come to this earth and for God's will to be done in the earth as it is done in heaven. But even before Jesus 
told his disciples to pray for it, we have seen this kingdom as a part of God's eternal plan since the beginning of time. Uh, we, since God knows the end from the beginning, even before he said, let there be light, we are, he already saw where we are today and tonight. And he already saw his kingdom being manifested in the earth even before he uh, created everything. It would have been here sooner, we say, had Adam not failed in his created purpose, that is to rule this world with God's given dominion and authority. He had a dominion and authority over everything, every creature of this world, but yet he failed in his responsibility to to rule this world, uh, and since Adam failed, we followed God's plan to reestablish His kingdom uh, in the earth from the the forming of a nation through one man Abraham to giving promises and blessings to Israel to the nation that if they would just obey the commandments of God and obey the laws of Moses. Uh, as it said in Deuteronomy, to choose a king of God's choosing over them. If they would do that, then all would be well, because if they chose the right man, the right king, uh, that is led by God, then obviously God's will would be done in the earth through that man. Uh, But the time came when Messiah the Prince showed up, and Israel rejected him. They cut off the prince as is uh, worded in Daniel. They cut off the prince. They killed him in the 69th week. And thus the whole reason for Daniel's 70th week is the time of tribulation or Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation period, the final seven years of this world uh, is, is because uh, of, of Israel's sin and their rejection of Jesus Christ. But it's through Israel's blindness and their failure to make Jesus their king 2,000 years ago that through that failure did Jesus purchase the church. He purchased his bride with his shed blood, and in that process he made reconciliation for all the sins of mankind. I'm thankful for that. Uh, because us Gentiles have an opportunity to be grafted in, uh, to be a part of this because of Israel's failure. The Jews failed, and so therefore Jesus said, I'll turn to the Gentiles. I'll give them an opportunity, the same opportunity I gave to the Jews, to be a part of this thing of God's plan. And also it, it would uh, be, we would become a, a witness, I guess, against Israel, because here... God's very own people rejected him, but yet these foreigners, these Gentiles, uh, they accepted him as king. Uh, and so uh, we stand as, uh, as we are grafted into this tree that God has uh, built. We also stand as a witness against the Jews. But as Paul talks about in Romans, don't, don't get puffed up. Don't think yourself something uh, higher than yourselves because if God easily grafted us in, if he broke off, if he didn't spare the natural branches, we're not the natural branches. And so if we're not careful, God can break us out of his tree as well. 
and so we need to uh, continue to pray for Israel and those Jews that are still in unbelief, as Paul says, are partially blind, uh, and, and so that they can come to see the fullness of the truth in the Godhead in Jesus Christ. Many will, uh, but many, most will see it through the end of the tribulation period, which is the reasoning for that, again, is to bring them to faith, that they can call upon him, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, save us, Jesus, and then he comes. Uh, and so uh, we, are, uh, we are raptured out of this world right before this tribulation period begins, and uh, Paul talks about it as the, in Thessalonians, as the restrainer who is removed and taken out of the way, thus prepares the way for the Antichrist to rise to power. He can't do it now because the church is here, but if the bride, the church is taken away, then there's nothing that's restraining him. And the, the Antichrist uh, assembles his kingdoms against Israel, and we know what happens to them. They first have to survive all the judgment and wrath of God that's being poured out on the earth through the, the seals and the trumpets and the vials that we've talked about. Those that do survive, God has a sharp sickle that is waiting for them. Uh, those that survive, and he will come uh, and uh, harvest the earth as he likes to describe it. He comes to the earth with his righteous saints and establishes his kingdom in the earth for a thousand years. And we get to rule and reign with Christ in whatever role or roles that he has for us. We are just said that we get to rule with him and reign with him as kings and priests are also some descriptive words of maybe our roles there. And we've spent the last two weeks looking into the millennial kingdom. And what that all looks like here in the earth as the, the kingdom has finally come to the earth for a thousand years, it's here. It's a time of worldwide peace. Even the animal world is affected by this peace because it says the wolf and the lamb lie down together. The lions become vegetarians and they eat straw like the cattle. Israel is the world's superpower and any nation that does not serve Israel, will be destroyed and will be cut off. Any person or nation that does not come up to Jerusalem to worship, uh, especially during the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles, any person that does not come up, what does it say? Immediate judgment falls upon them. No rain will come upon their crops and plagues will come into their life. Also a characteristic of the kingdom of heaven on the earth is life expectancy for the righteous is extended. It talks about the child that dies at 100 years old is a, is, a, is a tragedy because it's so young. And men and women will live to their long old age of hundreds and hundreds of years like it was the pre, pre-flood time. It's quite the time to be alive and in the kingdom of God. It's not a time you want to miss out. Uh, and so sin and death are still around, but they have much less power because people are living longer. Um, and uh, sin is, uh, is, is ruled over with a rod of iron that Jesus rules his nations with. But what is most fascinating, as we had mentioned a few times, is that after all of this time, after this thousand years of, of bliss and, and blessing, the, the greatest time that this earth has ever experienced that there will be millions of people who will want to come and fight against Jesus. 
as we had read last week, that Satan is loosed after a thousand years. He is loosed after a thousand years, and he gathers people to war against Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And it says that fire immediately falls from heaven and wipes out all those who don't like Jesus and uh, who obviously do not want to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus says, fine, you don't want to be a part of this. Boom, you're consumed with fire, and you get to go uh, go straight to jail. Do not pass go, and do not collect 200 bucks. You go get to go right to eternity since you don't want to be here with me. There's only one place to be, uh, and that is uh, in the lake of fire. Revelation 20 and 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. You want to get an idea of how bad the lake of fire is. It's so bad that the devil is tormented for eternity. The devil is tormented for all of eternity, day and night. So there the devil is finally finished, no more to show his ugly face. He is cast into the lake of fire forever and ever, and every sinner is gone, every unbeliever is gone, every devil is gone. For the thousand-year reign of Jesus, uh, it has come to an end in the earth, and then eternity begins. If you can throw up picture number one, if that made it through. We talked about this, the, basically the whole time, uh, the time uh, table of, of all of this, uh, all of... Uh, time as we know it. Um, and so we see the church age that were there. The rapture of the church begins the tribulation period, the seven years. Uh, and he, Jesus returns after the end of seven years. Um, and then thus begins his kingdom, the millennial reign. For a thousand years, the devil is bound. And so after a thousand years is up, uh, the devil is thrown into the lake of fire no longer to show his face. But after the thousand years, what happens next? That's what we're going into. This is what initiates eternity is the great white throne judgment. The time to figure out where everyone is going to spend eternity because time, time comes to an end. The world as we know it comes to an end. The kingdom is over. Uh, and so now eternity is going to start. But now we need to decide where everyone is going to spend eternity. And uh, Jesus is not just going to send people to eternity there unknowingly where they don't know why they went there, where they ended up. Because there are lots and lots of people who believe that when they close their eyes here, that they're going to wake up and they're going to... There's going to be streets of gold beneath their feet. But sadly, it's, it's going to be a flame of fire instead. Many people thinking that, that when they pass through this life that they're going to wake up in heaven. Uh, but there's going to be many people that are going to find out that that's not heaven where they're going. Uh, and so obviously that's going to be quite, quite the shocking experience uh, to say the least. Uh, and so they're going to wake up in the other side of this life, and they're going to be shocked out of their minds. Um, and they are going to want to plead their case. I don't deserve to be here. Jesus, you made a mistake. I don't deserve to be in. I've, I, I was dying, and I expected to wake up in heaven, and here I'm waked up, woke up in hell. And so obviously my, my, 
my bus pass got switched over somewhere, and so I want to talk to Jesus to plead my case because I don't deserve to be here. Uh, and so Jesus, being the merciful judge that he is, he's going to give every man and woman one-on-one -on -one time with him. One-on-one -on -one time with the judge, uh, with the creator of the universe. Revelation 20 and 11, I saw a great white throne. This is right after the devil is thrown into the lake of fire. Verse 11, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no more place found for them. What does that mean? That means, just like that, the heavens and the earth are gone. Boom. There's no more place for the heavens and the earth once this great white throne begins. Uh, God takes the universe, and he just kind of crumbles it up in a ball, and he throws it in the trash can, this universe that we're just a speck in. Crumbles that up because the heavens and the earth just are no longer. They vanish away. And verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And so uh, we're, we're told about the book of life, but it also says books were opened. And we don't have a, an exact uh, description of what those books are, but... We know that the Bible, the Word of God, has 66 books in it, and I'm sure that those that the Word of God is going to be opened up, and the book of uh, the books that are recording every person's deeds and actions, that's also going to be opened up as well, and the book of life as it is said there. And so that's all God needs is His Word and the, the journal for your life or everyone's life, and then the book of life. Uh, and so our, every man's deeds and actions will be judged with the word of God, the books in there, because that's our, that's our, our life manual to get through this life. And obviously the book of life are all those who, who have passed through and, and made it. Verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death, hell, death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. So, basically, if we're going to put it into a picture here, death empties out its bag of souls. All the souls that death has empties out its bag of souls. Hell, all those that are in hell at the moment, empties out all those people in front of the throne uh, where everyone is judged and not a single person is left out or forgotten. And this kind of shows us exactly that, that death and hell are only temporary. They're kind of temporary places because here, death and hell are dumping out the souls, the dead that are in them, dumping it out before the Lord. Uh, hell, however bad and terrible hell is, that is not where people spend eternity. Because verse 14, and uh, death and hell, after they emptied out all the souls, did, dumped out all the dead. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So death and hell are standing there with empty-handed because they no longer have any souls in their bags or whatever, however you want to describe it. And so God tosses death and hell into the lake of fire. No more need for you guys. Your jobs are done. Uh, and in the lake of fire, which is where the Antichrist, the false prophet, and Satan are already there being tormented, 
And since Satan is there, I'm assuming his whole kingdom is there with him. All the devils and demons are there with him as well, I'm assuming. So the lake of fire is an eternal holding place. It's, it's worse than hell. If you can imagine that, I, how do we know? Is because hell is thrown into the lake of fire. If you thought hell was bad, hell gets thrown into the lake of fire, which is going to be tormented forever and ever and ever. Uh, and so Revelation uh, verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You're no longer cast into hell, you're cast in the lake of fire because that is the ultimate uh, place of damnation where uh, uh, Satan and Antichrist and even death and hell are also cast in that place. So this is the second death where eternal damnation resides and those that have been tormented in hell for, for however how long, it just gets worse because hell is just the appetizer because that's, that's, just, uh, that's just the beginning of things. The lake of fire is where the real pain is for all of eternity. That's not a place that you and I should care to go, amen, or anyone for that matter. Nobody, nobody in their right minds would choose hell over heaven. Nobody in their right minds would choose a lake of fire over heaven. And so, uh, but it's, it's here at the great white throne judgment that eternal destinies are decided. And this happens right after the thousand years uh, of Jesus. It is here, the great white throne judgment, that every knee will bow things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Even those that did not live for Jesus, that, that are thrown into death and hell and are dumped out at the great white throne judgment. Every person is going to confess and bow before the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, I would imagine that's going to happen here. Uh, I would imagine they... Uh, when their name is called, they're first going to bow and confess to the great and mighty judge. And then I would imagine that they, if God gives them time, that they're going to proceed to tell Jesus why or wh where that they think that they should spend eternity. But we are told in Matthew seven twenty one, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, and many will say to me in that day, the great white throne judgment, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The utter shock on so many people's faces. There are many people that claim to be Christians that, uh, you know, barely can spell that word according to their lifestyle. Uh, and they think that they're going to wake up in heaven. But there's going to be people that are, are really uh, think they're living for God and they're doing all these great things. I mean, casting out devils and, and uh, prophesying in Jesus' name and all these things. I mean, surely they think that they're going into heaven. But Jesus says, I don't even know who you are. You that work iniquity, that means you're doing, doing whatever you want and you're using my name. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because even these people that don't, don't make it into heaven uh, still perform miracles. 
Because it's not about them, it's about the name that they're using. They understand the power of the name, but they never sought, took the time to seek after Jesus. They never sought the time to pray and get filled with his spirit because uh, he who does not have the spirit of Christ is none of his. And so you can do all you want in the name of Jesus, but if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't have his spirit, and then therefore you're none of his. And Jesus says, I don't know who you are because my spirit was never in you. Uh, and so that is why it is absolutely critical that we know what the Word of God says and that we study it to show ourselves approved. Man, we had someone uh, message our Facebook page this week, and they said that they've, they've been down here for a, a, a while, a year or so, and they've, they've been checking out churches, and uh, the churches that they've been visiting have not been following Scripture. And so they're looking for a, a biblical church, a biblical-based church, and um, I'm like, well, pal, you don't know what you're getting yourself into, because <laughs> you've come to the right place. God has obviously led you here, uh, and so I said, well, what questions do you have, because he says, I want to know what you believe before I show up, because if you're not biblically based, then I'm not going to waste my time, and I'm thinking, great, we'll be seeing you on Sunday, pal, uh, and, and so... He says, well, I'm looking for a church that uses the King James Version. And uh, he says, uh, a church that has a Holy Spirit and power of healing and casting out devils. I'm thinking, okay, all right, this is good. So then he continued on to say that baptizes in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And, and he's uh, looking for, he says, not a pre-trib rapture church. Not a pre-trib rapture, and I'm thinking. Actually, I told him, uh, "You don't want to be going through the rapture or through the tribulation, pal. You don't want to be going through that." But he's looking for a post-trib rapture, and so okay. Uh, and he says, "Are we a match?" And I say, I shake my head, and uh, I said, "Well, I guess we can start at the beginning with the King James version. And we can start working from there." Uh, so I, I told him that uh, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost were titles, and I gave them scriptures saying that Jesus is the name of the Father, and Jesus is the name of the Holy Ghost, and obviously Jesus' name of the Son. And I said, you don't want to be here for the tribulation. And then he proceeds to, to name some guys or some preachers, I guess, that he follows their teachings. And I said, well, I've never heard of those people. And I said, we follow scripture here. so I don't, We follow scripture, and that's not going to lead us astray. And so uh, I can imagine, sadly, that unless this guy comes to the truth, that he's going to be one of those people that say, Lord, Lord, I did all this in your name, and I did all this and this and this. And, uh, uh, and Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. And so from the, the, after I told him what we believe, you can just tell that he was no longer interested, and we're, no longer, we're not a, a Bible-based church in his eyes. I, I said that it's sad that people will follow certain people's teachings, but they won't follow Jesus' teaching. Or they won't follow Paul's teaching. Like, why would you follow some guy? Why don't you just follow the scripture? The Follow Apostle Paul. He's not going to lead you astray. Joe, Joe Schmo, he probably will. But, hey, I don't care what, I don't know what he teaches or preaches, but I'm just going to read the word of God. And you're looking for a, a Bible-based church, hey, you found it, and uh, we hope, we'll hope and pray that you come here because this is where the truth is preached. 
Bible says it's just a sign of the times. Those are uh, itching ears, seeking uh, those uh, false prophets and teachers uh, that go, and they, want to, they just want to hear what they want to hear. They want to hear Joe Schmo's teaching. Well, you, we don't preach that here. We preach the Word of God. Uh, and so uh, those that make the rapture and those who died in the faith, they, they're not going to be the ones that, they're not going to be in line at the white throne judgment. Because we've already passed through the judgment uh, phase, and that the judgment is here this life. You live this life uh, uh, for God uh, and follow the word of God, then you've, you're lined up with the books that are going to be opened up on the great white throne judgment day. First uh, Peter 4, uh, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first began at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinners appear? So Paul, uh, or Peter's here saying, judgment begins with us. I mean, we're, we're being judged each and every day. Uh, and so the rapture is our judgment. You make the rapture, and guess what? You're going to clear. Uh, you get to go to heaven for the seven years while hell is being rained down on the earth. And you get to rule and reign with Christ during his thousand-year kingdom. And, and you get to be the jury at the white throne judgment because you've already been, uh, you've passed through the judgment. Uh, and that is a part of this life. And so no matter how difficult we may think this life is, it's, it's nothing compared to what uh, awaits for us on the other side of eternity. Uh, and so 1 Corinthians 6 says, do ye, do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matter? Paul brings this up because the Corinthians are about, they're, gonna be, they're suing each other uh, over, over civil matters. and want to take each other to court. And, and Paul's like, hold on, guys. The saints are going to judge the world. Can't you guys figure these things out? Like, how much uh, power and authority that you're going to have one day. Uh, Know ye not that we shall judge angels. How much more things that pertain to this life. I mean, how little do these things, these arguments that we get in, are not going to, they don't matter to a hill of beans when you're judging angels in eternity. Uh, So he's basically figured things out, guys. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, And so what will happen is, is when these people plead their case before God, and they list all their reasons and excuses why I couldn't serve God and why I couldn't live for you, Lord. And Jesus will, will turn to the jury, uh, to his saints, and he'll call someone by name and they'll come forth. Now, this is, obvious, this is kind of what, I've, uh, what I imagined. Um, he'll, he'll, call, he'll look to his saints and he'll call someone forth. The saint will come forth and it will, ha- it will happen to be that that saint of God, experience the same things that that sinner did in this life. And this, they went through the same hardships and same difficulties. And while the sinner says, those are the reasons why I could not go to church, and those are the reasons why I, I could not serve you, Lord, then Jesus will point to his saint and say, well, they did. They went through the same things you did, 
yet they came to church and they showed up and they were faithful to the house of God and you weren't. And so, uh, therefore, in my mind, that is how the saints are going to judge the world because we're going to be we're going to be called on as a testimony witness against people that say, "But I went through this and I did this and this and this and this and this is why I couldn't do it." And then God, Jesus is going to say, "Well, hey." This person went through the same thing you did. So there's no excuse. And so every single person will stand before God. And every single person will be without excuse. There's no excuse that uh, you're going to be able to give, people are going to be able to give to get into heaven. Because somebody will have gone through it and somebody will have come out victorious on the other side. And so the battle that you and I are facing right now, there is someone else that is going through something similar, and someone is going to come out victoriously, and so it might as well be us. We might as, be, might as well be the victors. If somebody else is experiencing the same thing, it might as well be me that's going to stand there that day where Jesus says, hey, come forth and tell them what you went through because it's the exact same thing someone else did. I want to be the victor. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so we have no excuses as a people of God to not be able to get through and not to be faithful to him. So every person is judged according to their deeds. And at the end, uh, people are either thrown into the lake of fire or they're going to be with Jesus for all of eternity. And, and so that's, that's, that's basically a small glimpse of the white throne judgment right there where we decide where every man and woman is going to be. Uh, because eternity is getting ready to start, the eternal, eternal state uh, and so we got to figure out where that happens, and that happens at the end of the millennial reign, and then eternity begins, and that begins here in Revelation 21. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. You remember what happened to the first ones when the great throne judgment ha uh, started? Heavens and earth, just there was no place for them, just gone. Why? Because here, a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So apparently this new earth, there's no more oceans. You don't got to worry about uh, swimming and getting bit by sharks because there's not going to be an ocean on the new earth. Uh, I saw, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That's, that's going to be a great time. Amen. Uh, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. He said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And so uh, if you overcome, if you overcome your situation, guess what? You've got a great thing waiting for you. But the fearful, 
the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Again, this is, uh, the division has already happened. Um, verse 9, And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials of the seven last plagues. Remember, we talked about that. And he talked with me saying, Come hither. I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried, uh, he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And so uh, picture number two, this is what somebody kind of drew up. I mean, uh, according to what it says in the Word of God, this is the new Jerusalem. Um, it says, having the glory of God, her light was like unto a stone most precious, even the, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. The wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that had talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. The city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth, and he measured the city with uh, the reed, 12,000 furlongs, and the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And so uh, this is what described, John is described as seeing the new uh, Jerusalem coming out of heaven. Looks like a cube. Uh, and at the bottom, uh, the foundations, you got the gates, three gates on each side. Um, and, and so... Uh, according to the measurements that were given here, um, this city is 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, and 1,500 miles tall. It's a cube. Uh, and so uh, picture number three, this is where um, if you drop the New Jerusalem on top of the United States, that's what it would cover up. It would cover up uh, over half of the U.S. Uh, and this is the new Jerusalem. This is the city that's coming down out of heaven. Uh, and so it's, it's very large, obviously. And can you imagine it ha it's going to house every person that has ever lived for God throughout all, all of eternity. Uh, and, and so uh, to imagine how tall it is, um, we get the, we get the, uh, the dimensions there, but... I think the, the space station, I think it's about 230 miles up, I think. And, and so the New Jerusalem is 1,500 miles up. And so uh, you'll be able to stand at the top of, of the city and you'll be able to see the space station, which won't be there anymore because heaven and earth have passed away and God made a new heaven and a new earth. But uh, this thing is going to, it's, it's going to be massive. Uh, and so... Uh, verse 17, uh, musicians, if you would come. And he measured the wall thereof, 140 and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall was as jasper, and the city was like pure gold, as unto clear glass. 
The foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones, and the first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third uh, chalcedony, uh, the fourth is an emerald, fifth is sardonyx, the sixth sardis, the seventh chrysolite, the seventh beryl, the ninth uh, topaz, the tenth uh, chrysophrasus, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. And the, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, as transparent glass. I saw no temple therein. Remember uh, a few chapters back in Revelation where we're told about there's a temple in heaven, uh, and there's an Ark of the Covenant in heaven, and all those things uh, during the bold judgments. Uh, I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. So there's no need for uh, a temple because Jesus is become, uh, become it. The city hath no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb, uh, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And so this new, this new place, heaven, that God is going to make, there's no, there's no moon, there's no sun. There's no need for that because God's glory is so bright that it's going to shine and illuminate everything. And um, uh, verse 24, the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor unto it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, and there shall in no wise enter into it. Anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Because everything, all, everything ungodly and unrighteous has been wiped out. Uh, and so the eternal state, eternity, is when everything is pure because uh, those uh, have decided that are going to be in the lake of fire will be cast out and just only the good, only the good will live on. And if you stand with me tonight. Revelation 22, he showed me a pure river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, on the other side of the river, there was a tree of life, which bare twelve manners of fruit, and yielded her fruit in every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall no, be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they needed no candle, neither the light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Amen. And so put up the picture number four. Uh, this kind of compares uh, the Garden of Eden in the beginning with the, with the eternal state at the end. Uh, in the beginning, obviously, there was light and darkness. In the end, there's no light. There's no night. There's, there was land and sea in the Garden of Eden. In, the, in eternity, there's no sea. The sun and moon, you don't need that because Jesus is the light. There was a garden uh, in the beginning. In the end, there's a whole city full of people. There's a river flowing out of Eden. But here, uh, a river is flowing from the throne of God. Streets are gold. In the Garden of Eden, there was a tree of life in the middle of it. 
In eternity, there's a tree of life throughout the entire city. Um, Bedellum and onyx stones in the Garden of Eden. And in the end, there's all manner of stones. God is walking in the garden. But here, God is dwelling amongst his people in the end because he is their God and we are his people. And we're just there for eternity all of, for all of time. And what a, what a great time that is going to be. Uh, and so we have that to look forward to. Amen. And, and so uh, when we put that into perspective, the things that we face in this life are nothing compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. And so we're going to keep on fighting. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on believing. Amen. Because we don't want to be left behind because God has great things in store for us. Amen. Amen. Why don't we worship him tonight? We thank you, Jesus. We magnify you. For all that you've done and all that you're going to do in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to be a part when of your kingdom. Join the song, with them we shall sing. 